The Cincinnati Reds have proven themselves to be one of the most enigmatic teams in all of baseball. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to tell you why. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks so much for joining us here today. And hello, my name is Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that has turned an addiction into information for you. Locked On Reds is, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day, and we're bringing you Reds content each and every day. Uh, on YouTube. If you're watching, thank you so much. Please click that subscribe button and uh, click the bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you. So much content coming for you down the pipe as we are headed toward the playoffs. The Reds have a chance to make it. They're still in this thing and they've got a really good chance this weekend to make some hay against the Pirates. But on today's episode, we welcome Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman from the Baseball Barbacast. You know him as Cespedes Family Barbecue on Twitter as well. And we are going to look at this Reds team as Jake has spent a lot of time with the team and, and getting to cover them in the locker room and things like that. We're going to look at how awesome and how entertaining, how up and down this season has been. We're also going to talk about, is Joey Votto retiring? Do they think that he's coming back? What What is their perspective covering the sport as a whole, not just looking at the Reds? What do they think? could happen with Joseph Daniel Votto coming up next year. And we're going to get into something, and it's actually not on our little rundown, but a, a, a question that I posed to them about the offseason play, and I, I like their answer, is that you're going to enjoy what they think the Reds should do this offseason and what they think will happen with the Cincinnati Reds. Before we get into all of that, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB or enter promo code MLB for a free water bottle with any order today. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right, let's jump into, let's start off by looking at the Reds and why they are just such a roller coaster team. All right, joining Lockdown Reds here is the Baseball Barbacast. You know him as Cespedes Family Barbecue. You got Jake, you got Jordan. Guys, I appreciate you joining us to, to talk about who might be, for my money, the most interesting team in the playoff race simply because one night they're amazing. The next night they don't look like they should be any, even considered for the playoffs. And as someone on antidepressant medication, I relate to that. Okay? <laughs> one night I'm good. One night I'm not. And that, what is more human than the 2023 Cincinnati Reds? Jeff, thank you so much for having us on. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. And obviously, as we'll get into, I have come to know this team uh, quite well this year. And I'm very, I, you know, I know that we'll talk about, you know, where, where the fan base's head is at. But uh, this team lost 100 games last year. And here they are with 10 days left with a chance to make the playoffs to be the third team ever to go from 100 losses to the postseason. And one of those teams is the 2020 Marlins, so it doesn't really count. So that in and of itself is an achievement, and we will see where it goes from here. Jordan, can have... you tell listeners on this show why you've been around the sure. Cincinnati Reds quite a bit this year? <laughs> Folks may not know that That's, you yes. uh, that there is a celebrity in their midst. <laughs> not even in the slightest, but it is quite random. Uh, by as far as, you know, national baseball podcasts go. So, yes. So, Jake is in New York City. I used to live in New York City. Um, that's where a lot of baseball, national baseball podcasts are based. But no, not me, because I live 
in the great city of Richmond, Indiana, because my lovely wife is a college professor at Earlham College. So I am just, I wouldn't say up the road. It's a little bit more than up the road. Uh, but it has been well worth it this season to commute to see the Cincinnati Reds, uh, basically at least once a series all season long. Um, it's been a really fine. I know it's been a little bit more of a slog lately, but considering where they were when I moved to the area a year ago, I mean, this is has been so much fun watching this team, and uh, I'm excited to see how it how it kind of finishes up. And it wasn't supposed to be like coming into this season, coming off that 100 loss season that they had, there was a lot of folks. Basically, the talk was, are they going to do it again? Are they going to lose 100 games again? Mm -hmm. And all of the young guys who we've been talking about for the last couple of years come up at once and figure things out at once like this never happens. We went through a, a, a period of rebuild between 2015 and 2020 where it seemed like every prospect we called up fizzled out almost immediately upon call up. I mean, you talk about guys like Cody Reed that we got, that the Reds got in the Johnny Cueto. The Johnny Cueto deal was heralded for the prospects that the Reds got back. And none of those guys panned out even the closest about like John Lamb was out of the game in like 20 minutes. So, you, but the tattoos went hard. <laughs> Really John Lamb, ooh, but but then it's, oh, it's yeah. funny. I'm jumping ahead, but then it's like, then you make this incredible, you make some incredible trades. You trade yes. Tyler Malley and his bum shoulder and elbow, <laughs> apparently, respectfully, for right. two guys who have immediately come up and Steer's been their best player this season, right? And so yes, yeah. you started to see, and then of course there's all kinds of other names we'll get to. But to your point, like yeah, no, we were not expecting this. We weren't expecting this even in April, right? Basically, no. before Matt McLean came up. This team looked like the team we saw last year. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, oh God, like, oh, I got these three interesting pitchers and everything else. Yikes. Um, and then once McLean showed up, everything, everything changed. Minus team MVP Kyle Farmer as well. That's that was That's the true. Um, That's from team. last year. Okay. I know. He just saw him. <laughs> Minnesota was in town. Just a rousing ovation. Did they do uh, a, a tribute video? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Him <laughs> and Sonny Gray. Him and Sonny Gray. Well, uh, Sonny Gray makes a lot of sense. Oh yes. no no no! Farmers farmers bluffed. That that hey. you should not be shocked by that. Yeah, they did a, a Johan Camargo tribute video <laughs> in Philly a couple of weeks ago when the Giants were in town. Oh, oh my gosh! I was like, wait, when That's was Johan Camargo? That's incredible. Yeah, the standards are definitely different for each organization. Yeah, and it's it's so funny to me because like looking back on that, there was a game where Barry Larkin said that uh, Kyle Farmer deserves a C on his chest, and now we look at the uh, we look at the future of this team, and it's without Kyle Farmer at all. It's so crazy how the whole last year has gone. So when you guys obviously you know you you say you've been drawn to this team, what do you think is the biggest draw? Because we're going through the end of this season now, where the questions are: Should Ellie play every day? Because Ellie was clear and far away the draw during June and July. Mm -hmm. So I, but Jordan is different because he lives there and he sees them and. He was telling me that this team was interesting, like, right away. And I was like, okay, buddy, cool it. <laughs> um, I would say I started giving a crap about the 2023 Reds when Kirk Herbstreet opened his mouth. That was the <laughs> moment where I was like, huh, this is interesting. <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet talking nothing. Who, I mean, clearly did not know what he was talking about. I understand that it came from a place of Jonathan Indian love which is respectable, but yeah. just the lack of knowledge of what Ellie de la Cruz meant. And then two weeks later, 
Ellie was the most famous player in baseball. And it was yes. just like, so what is Kirk Herbstreit doing now? Just sitting on his hands, refusing to watch Ellie De La Cruz play? Wow. So yes. that was the moment that really drew me in. It was hilarious. Well, yeah, the... I, assume, I assume he's been, you know, doing his job. I think he was just bored. When you were in college football in the summer, you're just firing off takes about your, your childhood team. Uh, he was too like early to praise. Uh, he was too early to praise Deion Sanders, so he's just like, let's get into this weird baseball conversation <laughs> right, here. So. Right, I was there. I was. I I saw. I, I was there the day after that happened, and seeing seeing Trent really just kind of <laughs> talk about celebrity. I mean, Trent became a real, a real <laughs> elevated his stock in a big way. So right, and it's so funny because like this, and and, and kind of talking about that. That's a that's. A look at how the fan base has reacted to this team as a whole. It's such an enigma because early on they stunk. Then June and July they were the best. And then August they stunk again. And and now in September, they're they're doing better than August, but they're also not yet in the playoff race. They're a game out as we talk here on Thursday afternoon. It's just it's crazy to think of the many lives of Reds fans that we've lived. It could be a soap opera this season. could really be a soap opera. And me being an optimist, um, the comment section has been hilarious this year for a yeah. guy like me that keeps saying, just just hang on, they're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, like, okay is a hell of an achievement for a team yes. that was – three and 22 last year <laughs> i'm also thinking back to a year ago um i believe today like literally today is the anniversary of joey Votto roaming the stands mm-hmm. another game that i was at so joey Votto has season ending shoulder surgery uh last year and he decides i want to just like i'm rehabbing but like i want to be around the team even the team that sucks I want to thank the fans. I want to get do stuff that I wouldn't normally do. I want to be in the booth for like six games. I want to, and that one day when I don't even remember who they were playing, but he just wandered around the ballpark wearing a Barry Larkin jersey. And at that point, it was just like, wow, like this is where Joey Vano's career is. Like, I love it. It's the coolest thing. And like one of the coolest things I've ever seen a major league baseball player do is roam right. the stands during a game. But at the same time, it was like, what, what happens next here? And so then to see him work his way back, have some big moments earlier, and yes, it hasn't been all it hasn't been all good. Like there have been some clear struggles for him uh, as he's come back. You know, he went back on the IL, he comes back, but to see him deliver big hits the way that he did in the game on Monday and and talk about after, that's just amazing. And for me to get to see that, considering where we were a year ago, is is, is feels really special because. There's a version of this season with Votto that was kind of similar to last year where it was just kind of playing out the string and appreciating the fans and anything. But that dude loves to compete as much as anybody. And to see him up close kind of appreciate this team, this this, this young team as he just turned 40 years old has also been really special, even, even though he you know has, I'm sure, not played up to the standards that he holds for himself. Joey Votto has been one of my favorite players to ever don a Cincinnati Reds uniform. And here recently, it's been kind of a question without an answer. Is he retiring? Is this his last homestand? We dive into that coming up next. Before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by, by Bird Dogs. Look, if you want the best shorts, the most comfortable shorts, the most versatile shorts, 
I can't recommend bird dogs enough. I literally can't take these things off. They're so comfortable and I don't want to take them off because they're so comfortable and you can literally do anything in them. You can relax on the couch. You can go to the golf course. You can go to a date. You can swim in them. Bird Dogs has made the most versatile short, but they're so comfortable as well. I'm talking about sweat wicking fabric. They're so very light. I feel weightless when I wear my Bird Dogs. Well, okay, almost. But I recommend Bird Dogs to anybody. You will absolutely love them. Plus, you go to birddogs.com slash MLB or use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. You'll get a free water bottle with your purchase today. So there you go. You're going to go get your most comfortable pair of shorts you ever own. You're going to get a water bottle when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB or when you go to the website birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONMLB. It is amazing. Plus, they have pants as well as the weather gets cooler. Check them out today. That's birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONMLB. Also, today's episode is brought to you in part by DoorDash. If you're like me and there's just some days where you don't really want to go out to eat and you really don't have anything in the fridge to cook or anything in the cupboard to make, and uh, maybe it's even a little rainy outside, DoorDash is perfect for that because they bring the food to you. Or if you're in the pinch, maybe you're you're out of sour cream, you got taco night and you don't have any sour cream, or if, if, if you're trying to pour a bowl of cereal and you're out of milk, DoorDash can help you with that because they'll go grab it. They'll bring it to your door. Got to check them out today because we've got a great introductory offer for your first order at DoorDash. Get 50% off by using the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. That's 50% off of an order of up to $20 value. You can get Taco Bell. You can get some pizza. You can get some Chinese food. You can get those groceries, a couple of groceries maybe you forgot in your last grocery run. Check them out today on DoorDash and get your first order of up to $20 uh, at 50% off. And there's zero delivery fees on that first order as well. So when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store, enter the promo code Locked On. MLB. Don't forget that's code locked on MLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. If this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed on your favorite podcast platform and make sure you're following us here on YouTube. Lots of great Reds content for you all throughout the season, all throughout the offseason, all throughout the playoffs, which hopefully the Reds are getting to here in a bit. And we'll be talking a lot about Joey Votto the rest of the way as well as we dive in. Uh, what is Jake and Jordan's thoughts about Joey Votto and his future? And let's kind of dive into this a little bit because it's been a topic all season long. The Reds have a $20 million team option that they're not going to pick up for Joey Votto. I think it's very, it's pretty, I mean, they haven't come out and announced that, but I think everybody understands that. So then there's a $7 million buyout. They've not said anything on what the plan is. And then after Monday night, he had the amazing uh, insurance RBIs that he had and, and the great late game single there. And then after the game, C-Tran asks him about, you know, is this your last homestand? And he goes on for like two minutes. And even toward the end of the clip that I saw, he, his eyes were glossy. And you're just thinking, is Joey Votto retiring? Mm -hmm. so, so I was there. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say, like, I was in the room for that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he said all kinds of other really interesting things. Again, just praising his teammates, talking about how fun it is to be in a team that's still in it. Because I think he also was probably thinking the same thing. Imagine what he was thinking a year ago, 
right? What kind of team am I coming back to? And so the fact that he's already made it this far, I think he appreciates that in and of itself. And when he says, you know, if this is it, I'm good, that does kind of raise some alarms. But at the same time, I think I would still assume that if he is healthy, which is still a giant question mark, by the way, right. uh, they will work something out. But also, if he did want to go out like this, it wouldn't shock me. Honestly, it really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we assume every single guy of this stature wants to have their grand, you know, retirement tour where they get gifts from every team, like, you know, Miggy and whatever. And that's fine if you want to do that. But, like, I don't just, think uh, Bottle, but yeah. I don't think Bottle wants that. That's what, However, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. What Bottle does want is to play baseball. Yeah. He <laughs> loves playing baseball. He has said this many different times in many different ways. And I think that if his body, if he believes that his body will allow him to be a non-embarrassing Major League Baseball player, he is going to take that opportunity. Which that he has been this year, right? I wouldn't say he's been great, but like he's done enough. If he's a lefty bench bat for the Reds next year, that's that's fine. There there were moments this year when it seemed like it was trending towards this is not going to happen. Um, but he's worked himself to a position where he is still a, a useful player, not to mention yes. all the obvious things about what he means to the team, to the fan base, but truly like being around, which he was the whole time, even as he was rehabbing, that obviously has value as well. So obviously it's not going to be $20 million, but here's the thing. Oh, he's got the big buyout. Okay, they can negotiate a down. Do you know who is supposed to be the highest paid player on the Reds next year? You know the highest guaranteed salary on the Reds next year? And I don't know. even Farmer. It's right. It might as well be Kyle Farmer just as like, a, I, I believe it's Hunter Green at $3 million. And then right. I guess the Kurt Casale $4 million option, which probably is also not getting picked up. So it's not like they don't have the room to spend $8 million on Joey Votto or whatever, like they, if they wanted to do that. And he's probably not going to get that much anyway. So it's what Jake's, I do agree with Jake's assessment. If he feels like he's healthy and can play and can contribute in some form, I think he wants to do that for the Reds, yes. This man was drafted in the Moneyball draft from the book Moneyball. He was in the draft with Jeremy Brown, the tubby catcher, and frickin' Nick Swisher, okay? He has been a minute for Mr. Vaughn. And so that he is anything at all in the year 2023, is a remarkable accomplishment. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing that I look at too, like, especially with the roster around him, if he does come back next year, it's probably got to be the Miguel Cabrera role, right? Like you're DHing. Maybe he plays first base a couple of games. Like, I don't think it's going to be a, a, a number that we really worry about as outs above average for or anything like that. But I, I think it's probably something where he plays 80 or 90 ball games. The biggest question for me is, is that what he wants to do? Because do you think there's a realm of reality where Joey Votto believes himself to still be an everyday ball player? Well, the other thing about this that I think is relevant, just bringing it back to the team as a whole, I think maybe there is a world where if this team still stunk, he was not especially motivated to come back and play that role for a team that's going to lose 95 games again. And while there are still questions about this team right now, and even moving forward to some degree uh, for parts of the roster, I mean, it's, it's a 
talk about a bright future. I mean, you can't have 16 major league debuts in one season with the kind of contributions they've gotten from some rookies and not feel pretty good about where things are headed. And that's the thing. And he said this over and over playing with these guys. Forget about, I mean, of course the playoff chase helps, but like it's energized him and he he's excited. He is enjoying yes. playing for this team, which wasn't necessarily always going to be the case when he first got surgery last year. So I think that adds to the degree to which he's likely motivated to come back and play for them. Coming up, I asked Jordan and Jake a, a question that I didn't initially plan on, but I kind of felt like the conversation was leading this way. What what should the offseason look like for the Cincinnati Reds, and where should they focus their efforts? Where should Nick Crawl focus his efforts? That's coming up next. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel is your number one place to enjoy all sports this time of year. As we head into the month of October, one of the best months of the year for us sports fans is pretty much every sports going on, but we're also going to have MLB playoffs. And there's an there's a line right now for the Reds to make the playoffs is plus 225. Folks, they're one game out of the wild card. Plus 225, that's a heck of a value for a team that at one point led the division. I think the Reds have enough talent to get to the playoffs. I think it's going to happen. Check it out today at FanDuel. Uh, and you can get that, that bet at plus 225 for the Reds to make the playoffs. Plus, they've got all kind of great promos. If you're just starting out on FanDuel, create your account today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. And your first $5 that you wager will get you $200 back in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. So your first bet is going to net you $200 win or lose. Check them out today. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. They got you covered for football. They got you covered for baseball, your uh, over-unders, your money lines, your point spreads, your prop bets, and you can make a same-game parlay to increase your payout. Check them out today, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Reds your first listen every single day. Every dayers, thanks for joining us here today. Coming up on the next podcast, we are going to cross over with Ethan Smith and get ready for this Pirates series coming up this weekend. A heavy focus on how the Reds can sweep the Pirates. I'm sure Ethan's going to totally agree with me on that, that that's going to happen, right? Probably not. Anyway, let's get back into our conversation with Jake and Jordan from the Baseball Barbacast as we look at the potential offseason plan for the Cincinnati Reds. I'm curious, and this is something that I I, I didn't put over here. If, if you're watching on YouTube, I didn't put over here on our nice little uh, tidy rundown. Um, but I kind of want to get your guys' perspective on this because I've looked at it for this offseason, and, and we've mentioned it already. There's, there's money to be spent. It's not as if there's a salary cap. They don't have to worry about that. But there's money to be spent because the payroll is going to be so low. And part of me thinks they need a starting pitcher. They definitely need to shuffle the bullpen a little bit, probably need some outfield depth. When you look at all of the young talent that they have in the starting rotation, is it enough to say, well, if all these guys come back healthy, we don't want to block any of them, so we shouldn't sign a starting pitcher? Someone's going to get hurt. Whether it's right. the starting pitcher you sign or one of the young guys, there are a few things in this life that you can count on, right? One of those is that someone's going to get hurt on the pitching staff. The other is that the Castellinis probably aren't going to spend the money that the fans want them to spend. <laughs> so listen, Reds fans, as a non-Reds fan and someone not living in Reds country, Go to your grocery store, buy as much Castellini-branded produce as you can fit in your bag, and then maybe, 
just maybe you'll get to see Lucas Giolito pitch for the Reds next season. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. Right. And and that's a thing that I because I, we we thought the same thing this past offseason. We said, well, okay, with Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, and Nick Lodolo are all healthy, then the starting rotation is going to be a strength. It's been the biggest weakness of this team. And none of them have been healthy to the point where they have been the reason that this team has been good. I mean, you look at Andrew Abbott, and, and Graham Ashcraft at times has looked good. Brandon Williamson's uh, growth continues to be a thing. And I don't know how much we can bet on one out of three good starts from Connor Phillips being the reason to pencil him into the rotation in 2024 right now. You can't do that. You can't do that right now. No, right. absolutely not. That's like, with all due respect to Connor Phillips, if you're serious about competing in 2024, you have to go out and sign someone. And that's someone, yes. honestly, this isn't going to light everybody up, but Kyle Gibson. As someone yeah. who roots for the Baltimore Orioles and rolled my eyes when they signed Kyle Gibson and has watched him win somehow 14 games with like a 4-8, he's totally sufficient, right? And he posts and he starts. And there is value in that, even if it's not an exhilarating reason to buy tickets. The Reds need to make a signing like that. Gentlemen, would you rather have the Reds' current rotation of Green, Abbott, Phillips, Williamson, Lively, or... The Reds' IL rotation of Ashcraft, Dunn, Gutierrez, Lodolo, Overton. Uh, I mean, Ashcraft uh, and Lodolo is, and eh, no, I'd still rather have what they have now. But I just don't close. know what Dunn is either. Yeah, at least some of those guys problem. we haven't seen at all this season, so it's impossible to say. But I, I, once, I, say... I once split a quesadilla with Vladimir Gutierrez. Oh, that's true. Oh. Good, goodly dome. Did he tell you about his spider tattoo on his neck? <laughs> oh, he's really cool. You didn't have to tell me about it. I uh, <laughs> I saw. I will say though that like, there's a range of, you know, I'm obviously they're not paying for Aaron Nola, but like, if they really wanted to push it, like Jordan Montgomery is really, I think, kind of the top end of the target that I think would make a ton of sense. Um, cause you can, there is value in getting someone like Gibson where it's like, I know he's going to make 30 starts there. That is really value. Cause yes, the pitcher's going to get hurt, but there are some guys where you feel like you, you have some durability. Um, mm -hmm. I think that is going to help Giolito's market too. If, if, as for as frustrating as he's been to watch this year, like he's healthy a lot and that's been, been nice. So it'll be interesting. You know, there's certainly more pitchers available on the market than hitters and they've had some success. I mean, I'm looking at a guy eh, that's an interesting Seth Lugo is an interesting name. Mm -hmm. who's kind of Jake's saying, no, thanks. I'm like, you kidding me? I'd take Luca instead of the bullpen day. They rolled out the other day. Like again, but, but this is also within the, con oh, yeah. the, the, the self constraints of the team, right? We just know that they're not going to spend now, their payroll is so low now. And you have so many of these young players to where you should have the advantage of spending on a few free agents here or there. Maybe, and maybe, and this is the other thing. And I know this was, I'm sure a big topic at the deadline. I, I know it was like, Trade for someone, right? Yes. You have a pretty damn good farm system right now, and you can look at, at some guys that, not that you don't necessarily believe in, but maybe you cash in an Edwin Arroyo, right? Maybe yeah. you cash in a Noel V. Marte. That's one that I know he's become come up, but like there's there's other moves that they can make that we've seen small American teams do, and that kind of widens up the, the chance to go after a Dylan Cease or whatever. So that is, I think, more likely. And honestly, like Nick Kroll's been pretty good with these trades recently. So um, oh, yeah. as, heart as heartbreaking as trading Joe Boyle, I'll never forgive him for that. 
But in gen, other than that one, I think he's he's got to be feeling pretty good about uh, a lot of the moves that they've made, and I think that he deserves the benefit of the doubt in terms of making the moves within the constraints uh, the best that he can to kind of put the pitching in a position that's better uh, this time next year. As a huge Star Wars fan, I really need my favorite T-shirt store, uh, the Cincy shirts, to make a Darth Maul T-shirt because that's going to oh, help wow. lessen. Because I wanted to look for Joe Boyle. You know, <laughs> Darth, that's so funny because Sam Maul, like yeah. he is could not be less of that energy <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> like the most and i know he just had a he just had a bad day on wednesday but ha- has been he has admittedly been fantastic otherwise so um yeah it's just it's it's strange they're gonna do something but i, I would certainly bet it's more uh, on the trade side than free agency and i can see that too because like you like you said there's there's a girth of, or girth is that the right word there's a lot of infield prospects and infield talent in this organization as a whole and between pitching and outfield to an extent like what what's your what's your thoughts on will benson for this and um because um, I love Will Benson, and he just doesn't get the opportunities against lefties. And I know the other night he kind of looked a little rough against, um, and I'm I'm blanking on the Twins lefty reliever that kind of worked him over. But was it, oh, was it Thunderbird? Thunderbird, I believe, or it was Bar. It could have been Thielbar or Thielbar uh, or... and Thunderbird is the yeah. biggest injury law group in the Minneapolis yes, area. Thielbar. Come to Thielbar and Thunderbird. Thielbar's Thielbar's ERA will make you fall out of your chair. Thielbar, uh, yeah. Thielbar, and Thunderbird. Will Benson <laughs> has just been what a wow, incredible. Oh, that guy rules. Such a fine. That guy is so easy to root for if you've talked to him for thirty seconds. But do you talk to him a lot, Jordan? He's had some Ryan moments. Redsworth? Yeah, he's he gave some fantastic stuff the other night um, after Monday's game. Like, but but here's the thing: it's like okay, I understand you see the numbers and you're like, why isn't this guy playing every day? But it's like, well. Sometimes it's because they've perfectly used him. And, like, that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Uh, and he clearly has earned a role in some form. And if it is a, a platoon, like, that's great. That's a great player to have. That's, like, that's fine. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, and it's about kind of finding the, the, the guys that compliment him because he's earned that. Uh, and so I think that that's kind of what we're going to – we're probably going to see uh, moving forward. Because, yeah, I would say that the outfield is still – fairly unsettled it'll be interesting if they do just view steer as a full-time outfielder um Mm -hmm. moving forward or not uh you know the bat's clearly there but and they still have you know a jonathan india decision to kind of make so um there's there's so many ways that we've seen david bell move these players around which credit to the guys that have been able to do that but it also makes it way harder to project what it's actually going to be uh, moving forward and I and I appreciate you guys so much for joining us. Uh, the Barbacast is uh, was three days a week, and then once the part once the playoffs get going, it's going to be every day, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, we're going all the time. Uh, certainly, once the CS starts, just going as much as possible in October. And yeah, I mean, obviously, since I have my Reds bias, I, I have been talking about them a good bit this year. But there are twenty nine other teams that are pretty good, and, and I know that people who, especially who are listening to Locked On shows are pretty passionate about their team and mm-hmm. might say F everybody else once their team gets eliminated. <laughs> but we think uh, we have a pretty good time uh, on our show and we, we would love for people to, to join us this October. It's going to be a good time. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and, and, and before we get out of here, one final yeah. question too. What do you make of TJ Friedel? Because he's the one guy uh, that just completely like, yeah. he's so fun to watch, yeah. but also I keep thinking, is he really going to be a guy, a reason that you yeah. don't go get an outfielder? 
Yeah, I, I'm not really sure yet. Um, the guy that is, you know, leading the league in bunt hits is, yeah. <laughs> but like he can hit. Although when you look at the underlying stuff, homes, yeah. like there's clearly not a lot of oomph there, right? The hard hit rates, the exit velos are, are very low, but like he knows what he's doing up there. And it's the same kind of thing, like sort of similar to Benson where it's like, does he is he the guy? Is he a franchise center fielder? You could argue yes, because there there's just not that many who are that good or balanced defensively and offensively. But it really depends on how much your offense you're getting out of the rest of your lineup, which at this point is a huge question. And so maybe that there there are upgrades in that sense. Is he my number one concern? Certainly not. And I think he's earned it on this team. But uh, in the same way to Benson, it's just like I really like that we have him. Um, Let's not plan everything around him, but like we want to, we, him being a part of the team is definitely good uh, at the very least. Should he be batting cleanup? Probably not. <laughs> when he was the other day, that really. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you talk about the bunt hits. I was just like, I am really looking. I really wanted him to get a bunt hit that day. So just we could say, and the cleanup hitter gets a bunt single. Yeah. I'm like, sure. Yep. There have been some. Lays one down. <laughs> lay it, lay it, lay it, lay it down with. The, he's really cleaning up, cleaning up those bases with that that bunch. Really enjoyed getting the chance to talk with Jake and Jordan again. Like we said, a baseball barbecast is a three day a week podcast. As the playoffs get going, I think it's around October fifteenth. They're going to come out every single day. They're looking at the league as a whole. They have a lot of great takes. They're a lot of fun to listen to. Check them out. Anywhere you find Locked On Reds. But that'll do it for us here today. Before we get out of here, I wanted to remind you one more time, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. But that'll do it for us here today. Coming up on the next Locked On Reds podcast, Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates will join me. And I'm sure I'm going to try and see if I can get him to agree to why the Reds will sweep the Pirates. So make sure you check it out. That's on the next Locked On Reds. But until then, remember... Be locked on Reds every single day.